0: Welcome back to Recently Diagnosed, What to Expect with Health Monitor. In this five-part series, we are taking a look at early-stage HER2-positive breast cancer with the foremost experts in the field. You'll hear firsthand about the latest findings and treatments and everyday steps that can help you come out ahead of HER2-positive. In today's episode, we're back with Dr. Maryam Lusberg, Chief of Breast Medical Oncology at Yale Cancer
1: Center. I always try to remind myself as I'm seeing a patient that this is the first time that you are hearing this information.
0: There is no one-size-fits-all treatment for early-stage HER2-positive breast cancer. But there are standard approaches, backed by clinical data, that can help eliminate cancer. We talked about what those treatments are in our last episode. And today, Dr. Lusberg is going to explain which options might be a fit for your HER2-positive diagnosis.
1: The number one question that we need to tackle is whether we go to surgery first Or do we want to delay surgery for a period of time and deliver certain drugs first? Generally, patients think that surgery should always be first. It's very natural to think that I have a cancer, there's a tumor in my body, get it out. For most early-stage HER2-positive
0: cancers, Surgery is a given. It's essential to ensure all cancer cells are removed.
1: We can feel for it. We can do imaging. But for some very small residual disease, the only way to really know for sure how much is left or not left is to actually do the surgery.
0: Typically, surgery comes first for small stage 1 tumors.
1: After surgery, you're essentially cancer-free for any visible sign of breast cancer, which is wonderful. I think it's something to absolutely celebrate. And then you come to see your oncologist and the discussion will be that generally you would still benefit from some type of chemotherapy plus HER2-directed therapy. And that can feel confusing because I just said you're cancer-free, we got it all, it hadn't spread to lymph nodes. The reason for that is that there may be microscopic tumor cells that we can't see or measure that are present in the body from the time that the tumor was in place. And the purpose of chemotherapy and HER2-directed therapy is to essentially go through the body and neutralize or clean up these very microscopic tumor cells before they cause trouble in the future. Because we do know that if we do let them be, especially if they're HER2 positive, they may, in the next few years, actually become breast tumors in the body that we can see.
0: The outcomes for this combination of treatments is almost 100%, meaning it's curable.
1: What can get a little confusing is what to do with stage two or stage three HER2 positive breast cancer. For stage
0: two or stage three, the outcomes are still very good, but the standard of care is different because surgery comes after what we call preoperative or neoadjuvant treatment.
1: The natural impulse, the natural inclination is, well, why aren't you taking my tumor out? You're telling me it's large, you're telling me it has lymph node involvement, why would you leave this in place? Because we need to know whether the treatments that we have selected are actually being effective. If we remove the tumor, if we remove the lymph nodes, one, typically it's a bigger surgery. But most importantly, we lose important information about whether we pick the right set of drugs, whether your tumor actually responds to them. Sometimes patients say, well, why can't you test it when it's out of my body, if it's going to be effective or not? And the answer is that our bodies are so complex that once we remove the cancer from our body, it actually behaves very differently.
0: It's important to mention that thanks largely to HER2-positive directed therapies, we can now confidently say this disease is mostly curable, something that was unthinkable just a decade ago still, there's room for improvement. Clinical trials are underway to develop less toxic versions of chemotherapy and to look
1: at shortening the course of treatment,
0: which currently takes about a year.
1: I do want to take a moment to really let our listeners know that it can be hard to think about such a long, intensive series of treatments. We have been thinking about how to do this in a better way. And one of the ways that we think can save patients time is that sometimes the HER2-directed therapies can be actually given in a shorter duration instead of intravenously as an injection. This can actually save time sitting in the infusion chair for some patients. And it's really a good option of reducing the length of time that you're actually in the infusion suite these injections can take mere minutes as opposed to multi-hour IV infusions. I also wanted to emphasize that even though we keep talking about a year of treatment, typically the whole year does not always include chemotherapy. Typically, this is the first three to six months, which is a little bit more intensive. But then when we transition to the HER2-directed therapies by themselves, it's actually much easier to tolerate and patients can have really excellent quality of life.
0: There's also a possibility that afterward, you'll take hormone therapy in the form of a daily pill. Some tumors feed off estrogen and progesterone, hormones produced in women's bodies, Fortunately, we now have therapies that make those types of tumors easier to
1: kill. They're also known as anti-estrogen or endocrine therapies. They're typically pills that lower estrogen availability in the body. Typically, they're taken for a number of years, anywhere from five to ten years, and they're also an important part of the treatment.
0: It's normal to feel some concern or doubt as you navigate treatment options. But remember, it's your treatment. You can raise those feelings with your oncologist or even seek out a second opinion.
1: I actually saw a patient recently with HER2-positive breast cancer. She's a young mom, has five kids. She had been diagnosed months ago and then came to see me as a second opinion. What had been presented to her rightfully was that she needed chemotherapy and HER2 treatments, which is absolutely the right evidence-based recommendation, but she just could not accept that. So when I talked to her, I agreed with her previous doctors that chemotherapy and her 2 director therapy was the right approach. But we decided together that she would, at least for one treatment, start with only the HER2-directed treatment, make sure that she tolerates it. And then in time for her second treatment, we would talk again about reintroducing chemo. This is not a cookie-cutter approach, but this was what was important for the patient to see that I was willing to go in steps and not just say, you have to take it all or nothing. We get to know each other as people. It may sound silly to say that, but I think sometimes in that first visit, there's, I'm the doctor and you're the patient. It can feel polarizing, but we're essentially in it together.
0: On our next episode, we look at diet and ask the question, Are there foods that can prime your body to fight cancer? The answer, it turns out, may be staring at you in the produce aisle. Audiation.